0: Aw, oh, shit. I'm lagging balls.
1: That's right, lagging balls! Your community focused World of Warcraft podcast. For the people, by some people, with your hosts, Thorn and Fist.
0: Welcome to episode 19, everyone! My name is Fist, and my time played on my main is 123 days, 14 hours, 54 minutes, and 32 seconds.
1: Hi, I'm Thorin, and my time played on my main is 68 days, 18 hours, 54 minutes, and 31 seconds. 32 seconds, 33 seconds,
0: Gee, 34 Where does the time go?
1: I will never regret spending so much time playing WoW. Me either. If you'd like to send us your time played stats, simply log on to WoW, type slash played, and it will tell you. And after you get over your depression, you can log into your Twitter machine and tell us and tell us <laughs> your results at lagging balls.
0: Yes, please. There has to be someone out there who spent more time on their mains than me. Please please? Oh god, I can't be the worst one.
1: I thought you agreed that you'd never regret it.
0: I don't! I just don't want to be the worst. Or the best? Hmm? Or that!
1: This week we wanted to touch on a touchy subject without being too touchy feely, but at the same time touchingly serious about a touch or tough subject.
0: What the fuck? Stop touching yourself while you talk.
1: Sorry. Bad touch.
0: What we actually wanted to do was address the well-known stereotypes that come with class association. Ah, yes. As you know, as soon as you choose a class as your main, everyone has all these assumptions about who you are as a gamer, even as a person in real life.
1: Yeah, and we thought we should bring this to uh, light and dispute these stupid generalizations, you know, kind of once and for all.
0: Yeah. we're sorry if anyone gets offended here, but that is not our intent.
1: No, not at all. We're just calling you out, because you're all a bunch of punk asses in every one of these classes. Our classes included. Sure. Like warriors.
0: Okay, so let's, yeah, let's start with warriors. So, when you roll a warrior, everybody assumes that you're bossy. Yeah. You know, because warriors are kind of like the quintessential tank. Yeah. The original tank. And so, you know, everyone thinks, oh, he rolled a warrior, so he's all bossy, and he just wants to be the boss of the dungeon of Raid, and he just wants to tell me what to do and stuff.
1: Yeah, well, they're also big-headed. They're kind of leader-type.
0: Yeah, big-headed, leader-type, sort of the OG-type thing, but that's not always true. No,
1: that's certainly not always true. I mean... You're case in point on this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, although, when I play my warrior, I do get kind of... Confident? Confident, a little big for my bridges, but...
1: But you want that in the tank. I guess. As long as it's not overdone.
0: Exactly, and that's what everybody assumes. Everybody just assumes that warriors in real life are just... Reader type OGs.
1: <laughs> the OG OT? Yeah. Wait.
0: So what about pallies? You're a pally. That's your me? what fucking pallies. What is everybody righteous,
1: Self-righteous and patient. They're freaking pushy. They're always insisting on their own way. Act like they're in charge all the time, even when they're not. They, you know, never remember their most useful spells, like using hand of sacrifice yeah, and Yeah, so like that's so that. true.
0: What's the stereotype? Wait a minute. Huh...
1: You bastard. I see now that this was a setup. No, okay, so that's the obviously not always true. There's plenty of good pallies who know how to use their utility well mid-fight, who are can be good at DPS or good at tanking mm-hmm. at the same time, good healers. They're the all-around. Um, it's just a few bad apples that spoil the bunch.
0: Sure, but since we always have so many paladins in every group... In
1: our raid, it's usually like half paladin.
0: Yeah, so we usually get that stereotype. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, so what about hunters? The other thing that we see a lot of.
1: Okay, hunters have the...
0: The huntard sort of shadow following them. That
1: everybody knows.
0: Yeah, so if you roll a hunter, people assume you're spacey, a little bit lazy, can't pay attention, (laughs) i.e. leaving on aspect of the pack in the worst (laughs) possible times, and then when everybody's asking you to take it off, they don't respond, and so you just have to kick them, and then they whisper you, like, why did you kick them?
1: Yeah. Cause maybe because you were AFK. Fucking...
0: Um, why did you kick me? <laughs> um, but they never take the initiative. The stereotype is they're not that smart. Right.
1: Again, reminder, guys. These are the stereotypes we're going over. We're not. We're we don't. Not, we don't. We're feel not accusing this these of each I class. I have a hunter. Just, yeah. My
0: best friend is a hunter. It's true. It's true.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the uh, a quote that would go with the hunter is a kind of a go 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 go.
0: Yeah. Go 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 go. go, go. And then the pet pulls the boss and
1: like. <laughs> So what about rogues? Well, I mean, rogues, you know, everybody thinks they're sneaky bastards. They're So in real life, they'd be rude and conniving and annoying and that they'd be loners. And...
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody sort of assumes that. It's like, why would you pick playing a rogue unless you were really hoping to annoy everybody and be kind of a loner and go off on your own and sneak up behind people right. and stab them in the back with yeah. your stabby knives? yeah.
1: I mean, that's not me at all, but I, I love the idea of a rogue. I, I think I said that that was like one of my worst classes because I I, I was not adept at fi- figuring out the combo points thing, right. um, but since they've changed it, I haven't really played it. So I definitely need to give that a better shot Yeah. Uh, and see if I can like that better. Because I, I kind of love the idea of just sneaking around and suddenly sapping somebody You in. know,
0: I'm not surprised.
1: Wait a minute.
0: What about priests? When you pick a priest, people assume you're kind of self-righteous. Even though you have terrible deeps, usually. <laughs> kind of wet blankets. Kind of preachy.
1: Well, a preachy priest? Yeah. Go figure. Uh, uh. Yeah, but really, they're, they're a very giving class. Yeah. Like with buffs and heals. Right, yeah. And buffs.
0: Okay, what about DKs? So, <laughs> obviously... Ah, <laughs>
1: uh, DKs.
0: Everybody assumes if you roll a DK that you are literally 12 years old. Yep. You're a noob. Right and you're only playing WoW because Mom took the Xbox away. <laughs> and we know that this stereotype is true. <laughs> if you play DK as your main, you are a 12-year-old. You are a child. <laughs> Period, and that's it. Period, <laughs> that's it, that's it. <laughs> the end. Yeah, that's not a stereotype, actually, so... Alright, mages.
1: Mages, okay. Um, I
0: am a mage. You a are a mage. Um, everyone assumes that mages are no alls kind of nerdy... A bookish, like, eggheads.
1: Egghead, like, his bookie book.
0: Exactly. And in my case, yeah, I am pretty eh. smart. I am quite bookish. Definitely a nerd. Definitely a nerd. Maybe that's not a stereotype either. Yeah,
1: maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think you shot yourself in the foot on that I one. I don't know. What's next? Warlocks. Warlocks. Um, they're clearly goth. Yes, They're obviously depressed.
0: Very depressed. They
1: clearly are wannabe hardcore, um, and they walk the line between, like, goth and emo uh, kind of with ease. and might uh, might actually be evil in real life.
0: In real life? Yeah. No, actually they are. Wow. I mean, why else would you roll a lock unless you're, like, completely evil? Am
1: I evil in real life?
0: No, but that's not your main.
1: But it was my original main.
0: Yeah, but you didn't like it because you're not actually evil. No, I, liked, actually... it. I
1: liked it plenty. I was just bad at
0: it. You're... Well, that's because you're not actually
1: <laughs> evil. <laughs> so you have to be... You need the evil IRL buff? Yes. In order to be an effective warrior. Yes, you do. How about monks?
0: Oh, monks. Uh, well, obviously... If you roll a monk, you have problems with alcohol, hmm. you're very drunk, tipsy, indecisive, kind of a late bloomer, probably because you're passed out drunk, <laughs> and very loud and a coherent voice chat.
1: Ah, yes. Always the, the case with every monk that we ever play with.
0: Yep. How about druids?
1: Druids are so 420 YOLO blaze it. They're kind of hippy-dippy. Really uh, love cats, Yeah, know? they
0: really love cats. <laughs> Like, you, you're you hard-pressed, like, not to see a druid without the crazy cat lady title.
1: Yeah, it's what, a very good title for a druid.
0: Usually when you're talking to them in chat, they'll suddenly spout a bunch of incoherent letters and numbers, and it's either A, they're completely high and can't type anymore, or B, one of their giant number of cats is walking across the keyboard. Yeah, stoner cat people. And, and shamans! <laughs> shamans are the stereotype. Of a real-life person playing a shaman is outdoorsy, active, hiker-type person, like a a hiker...
1: Like a a trying-to-be-one-in-what-nature kind of thing? Yeah,
0: yeah. Doing, like, yoga outside and (laughs) trying to feel centered, (laughs) Mm. whatever that means. Totemed. Yeah, so I don't even know how they find the time to play WoW.
1: Yeah, me neither.
0: I mean, that's why you don't see very many shamans anymore.
1: Uh, we, We certainly don't.
0: Yeah. They're all outside in the real in the real world. What they are doing out there, I have no idea. But as we said, those are all stereotypes. Obviously, probably not true. Yeah,
1: none of that's true again. So don't, totally.
0: don't let the stereotypes get to you.
1: Yeah. Be your own person. Yeah. If you like granola and like hiking, then you're probably not listening to this podcast.
0: Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so we're not worried about so don't worry you about you guys. It. <laughs> but everybody else. Well, especially the warlocks. Please don't curse us or
1: don't be evil. Don't,
0: please. But yeah. So, looking forward to Legion. I wonder what kind of people. Well, I guess everybody's going to be rolling a demon hunter at first. But I wonder what right. what stereotype might come out of that.
1: I don't know. Joiners, sheeple.
0: Probably. That includes me <laughs> but and so you. Cool. I know. I want to. I want roll one right now. Me too. I don't even want to wait. Hey, I've got a question for you. Actually, this is completely off topic. Okay. If you had to have relations with any race in WoW, which would it be and why?
1: Oh Jesus. Um Wow, that's rough. Mm. Really
0: think about it. And you have to give me a good reason.
1: Well, blood elves are the prettiest. Are they? Yeah. They're like the they're like the glamour magazine version of humans. Sure. But with, you know, exaggerated features. Right. But I can deal. I'm I'm in a I'm living in a fantasy world here. I can, right. I can deal with some exaggerated features. That's a little too easy of an answer, though. It is. Yeah.
0: Just because they look pretty.
1: Mm. Okay, otherwise, I think I'm going to have to go with trolls. Why? Because they're so bendy.
0: They are quite bendy. They're quite bendy. You can hold on to the tusks while you're...
1: Hey, see, bonus.
0: Hanging out. Yeah.
1: Hang on while you're hanging out? Yeah. Is that what we're calling these days? Hanging out? Yeah. <laughs> and for you? I'm
0: giving her the Vulgen special. <laughs> um... <laughs> go with orcs oh yeah i like a man with you know burly sort of shoulders and mm. arms it's not a man though well a male okay. thing you know ian has a costas has some pretty good shoulders um <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if they modeled the new orc models after him
1: <laughs> why are you twirling your hair while you're saying uh
0: this? i don't know <laughs> i wasn't aware that i was doing that but yeah they also got really nice nipples you know it's i true. like a good nipple good on a man solid nipples. yeah man nips i like those
1: and the, um, you know, when I met you, your original name was an orc. That's right. And she had some crazy junk in her trunk. Yeah, she had a nice booty. She had it going on.
0: She did. So that's that's a nice thing that we know about each other now.
1: Yeah, and both uh, male and female orcs don't necessarily need to have hair.
0: No, not at all. It's they true. can pull off the whole bald look <laughs> really well. So, listeners, if you had relations with any race from the world of Warcraft, what would it be? And why? We want to know. Actually, let's do a poll.
1: Yes. Let's well, see which race wins.
0: Yeah, wins the poll. Let's, let's please. If, even if you don't want to give us your answer, even if you want to like privately message to, message it to us, we're done with that. Yeah,
1: we'll put up a poll on the website uh, at laggingballs.com.
0: Huh.
1: We'll add that um, right after the current episode. So as soon as we put up the new episode, we'll add the poll right after. Um, So you can go on there and post what in-game race you would have relations with.
0: Absolutely. Or tweet it to us at balls.
1: Yeah, we'll make it anonymous so you don't have to put your name on it.
0: We won't. (laughs) (laughs) LB Newsline. News you can use unless you refuse. So as for WoW news... You know, they say no news is good news. Yeah. Not for podcasts today. Yeah, not so much. For fuck's sake. Thanks for nothing, everybody. Fucking <laughs> um, no
1: news this week.
0: Wow. I can't blinded by my own rage. Anyway, um, the one really kind of sort of interesting uh, hotfix, because there are some hotfixes, and we'll post the link to the hotfixes on our website, but... The one we thought we'd bring up is the Remnant of the Blood Moon. And that's that great big giant blob of, like, blood. Floating blood. Floating blood in the air. Which is kind of relevant because there's a blood moon tonight in North America. Oh,
1: yes. That's right.
0: Which will be interesting. Hopefully, neither of us turn into some sort of werewolf. Mm. wolf. Were ape
1: Good, because that would be ally
0: side. Something, yeah. I don't know. Um, but the... The remnant of the Blood Moon, uh, to redu- they, they reduced the number of drained blood crystals needed to start the encounter. Um, the health of the Blood Moon has been reduced to 1,000, and it's down from 10,000. Thank
1: goodness, because that took forever. It
0: did. Even for something with,
1: you kill in five seconds afterwards. Yeah.
0: And even with like tons and tons of people standing around looking for these fucking crystals and whatever. Yeah. It took eight. It's an
1: interesting mechanic, but I'm really glad they lowered that because that yeah. number was just way too high. It just absolutely.
0: Took too long. absolutely. So that's it. Check out the hotfixes, but um, yay for that. Now it's time to talk about Heroes of the Storm because we know you can't stop talking about it either.
1: And for our Heroes of the Storm news segment, we've brought in my seems legit team analyst and all around badass, R Welcome to the show, R Kibbs.
2: Welcome.
1: Hey, thank you. Thanks for coming, Um, super last minute, you're a pal and a bro and a brudda. No problem. Especially since you're not feeling well. Thanks a lot, man. Um, So, we've got patch notes, bro. Hell yeah. We've got like 7 million of them, roughly. So, we're going to run through some of the highlights um, and a lot of the things that we think are just kind (coughs) of relevant to a lot of players. Also, individual hero updates um, because everybody hates it when their own hero is left out of these things and we wouldn't dare do that. I know I do. Alright, so first of all, the PTR has been delayed until Monday the 28th, which is roughly when this podcast is coming out, so don't feel like you've been missing anything. If you're looking to jump in on that, go ahead and do it right now. First of all, the medic, Lieutenant Morales, has been added. She's looking pretty good, kids What do you think? A real healer. Yeah, definitely. She's definitely dressed for it, too.
0: Is she dressed in a nurse's outfit? Like one of those sexy ones?
1: She should be, but no, here's the image right here.
0: Uh, That's still hot.
1: Yeah, it could be hot. It could could, be. You could cosplay. Who knows what's under that armor? (laughs) Okay, so running through what she does, we've got a trait called Caduceus Reactor. Regenerate 3% of your maximum health per second after not taking any damage for 4 seconds. So basically not far off from what? Muradin? Uh, yes, similar. He gets, uh, increased, uh, health regen, uh, when he hasn't taken damage, so. Yeah, so some out-of-combat regen to keep you in, in, in the shit for longer. Yeah,
3: well, the thing, to that it's not necessarily out-of-combat, if you cannot get hit,
1: you can still be in combat. Oh, that's
3: true. Uh, and you'll Good still call. be
1: healing. And that, ladies and gents, is why Arkibs is my analyst.
0: <laughs> analyst? But, the
1: chances analyst. are, uh...
3: You're the healer. You're going to get targeted, so it's it's difficult. I think it's probably it is more generally going to be used as a out of combat heal, yes.
1: And then for basic abilities on the Q, we've got the healing beam, which heals an ally for 20 health per second as long as they're in range, um, which is basically a a casted and maintained heal. Um, reactivate to switch targets, or activate your trait to cancel channeling. On the W, we've got safeguard, which grants target ally resistance, uh, reducing. Damage taken by 25% for 3 seconds, which is pretty sweet. And on the E, we've got Displacement Grenade, which fires a grenade that explodes on the first enemy hit, dealing damage and knocking enemies away. For Heroics, uh, Stim Drone or Medivac Drop Ship, both of which sound pretty badass. Drop Shit? Drop Shit. So the Stim Drone uh, grants an allied hero 75% attack speed and 25% movement speed for 10 seconds. That's pretty huge. Yeah, it's...
3: On the right hero, it's potentially broken.
1: It's uh, it's like a, a single-target bloodlust, almost. Uh, stronger than bloodlust, yes. Good lord. Uh, and then the medevac drop shit is uh, target a location for a medevac transport, and for up to 10 seconds before takeoff, allies can right-click to enter the medevac, and then basically you use that as a mount to shoot across the map, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, brings
3: in... Obviously, potential for uh, kind of guerrilla tactics, being able to do you know tactical strikes, move from one end of the map to the other with the whole team, which is, is real strong. Is it the whole
1: team? Does it say how
2: many? Uh, like, I
3: don't... Yeah, you can you can pile in as many people. Uh, uh, for it says yeah, for up to ten seconds, uh, the allies can enter it also, so you can move your whole team with it. That's bitching. <clears throat> And uh, the other thing is, even though she doesn't have a healing ultimate, at level 20, you can trait the dropship to actually heal everyone um, in the vicinity and in it uh, over time for a large amount. That is pretty sweet.
1: All right, so she's pretty exciting. That's uh, a new support for the meta. is always interesting to see how that's going to influence things. Yeah, we're, we're definitely still lacking. It's, it's possible to get
3: forced into suboptimal... Uh, healers currently, so... It, it seems like they have intentionally made her very strong so that she will be used, and we won't have a... Uh... I mean, I, I've seen people try to use the monk to varying degrees of success, but it's... it's not easy.
1: Definitely not. Um, so, just moving right along, because we have so many patch notes to get through, the shop, has uh, the Void Speeder, and Marshall's Outrider have been added. Did you uh, take a look at these new mounts? Uh... I know the Void
3: Speeder, I'm actually, Marshall's Outrider is just like a western horse,
1: right? Yep. Yeah. It goes along with um, Rainer's <coughs> new uh, Marshall skin, which is pretty sweet. Yep, I did, yeah, I did see those. Yeah, so there's a nice video out there uh, kind of outlining um, all of the new skins and mounts that are on their way, um, of which there are some really good ones, including the Apothecary Morales, which is a, a sweet healer skin, the Lieutenant Morales Master Skin, uh, and the Marshall Rainer, which is kind of the, like we were mentioning, the Old West Marshall-looking thing. Um, and when I say uh, now available in the shop and things like that, that's we're, we're talking about the PTR now. So these are, these are originally intended to go through October 4th. We'll see exactly how long that PTR goes. We, we obviously never know that for sure, but uh, these would be things that would be coming out roughly after that.
3: Chances are the patch will go live, I would say,
1: um, October 6th. That is very likely. Uh, otherwise, Chen has been reduced to 7,000 gold or 850 if you want to pay cash for the Panda. Or Tyrael is at 4,000 gold and 650. But otherwise, they're adding end-of-game end surveys. So when a Hero League, Team League, or Quick Match game ends, players may uh, may have this little pop-up with one question, uh, kind of a one-question survey uh, that will basically ask players to give a ra- uh, a rating from one to five stars on a variety of game related topics. So we don't have any more info on that yet, but obviously they're gonna be using that for feedback. Uh, They'll be able to associate your feedback with the game that just ended, so that's good. Hopefully this is just, you know, well, clearly this is another opportunity that they're using to just get some good feedback from the players. And what I like the most about this is that it's very specific. I mean, they're asking about this at the end of your match, so they know what kind of experience you just had Uh, can see a replay that's associated with it, that sort of thing. Yeah, more information, more better. Mo' better. So, a bunch of UI changes, uh, buffs and debuffs in particular, uh, and I'm actually pretty excited about these. So we've got um, the healing fountain icon uh, that's going to be on the right of the hero portrait to indicate how long you have until uh, it is no longer on cooldown. So that's pretty useful, so you don't just just save you a, a millisecond or so from clicking over to the healing fountain or clicking to the wrong place and not quite catching the healing fountain and not being able to see where it is and... Not seeing your countdown on that. it also help with uh, decision-making on whether to just go all the way back um, to home base or go back for a um, sippy cup, as they call it. Yeah, uh, all these... This particular
3: um, bit, this was all in the game before, and they took it out before launch. I guess complaining they didn't want to confuse people, but it obviously just takes away a lot of information from the player, and so this coming back is definitely a good thing because not... I. I think most players didn't agree with it being taken out in the first place.
1: Yeah, just like um, kind of the lack of info on a lot of the uh, broadcasts, like the Heroes of the Dorm stuff. (sighs) Having the talents. Yep. Right, yeah. So now they're also adding buffs, um, the buffs that you gain via your talents. Um, They appear underneath the player's health and resource bars uh, to the right of the Healing Fountain icon, and buffs for talents like Seasoned Marksman, Focused Attack, Regen Master will indicate the number of stacks that you've earned as well. Um, so I have seen those things before, but they've always been off on the bottom where it's kind of hard to to see. I, I don't know, on my screen they've always been, always been quite tiny and hard to see, so hopefully this will improve that. And a big change that people have been kind of asking for is that the loading screens will now be a lot more useful. So now you're going to see both teams on both sides, uh, which will include player name, portrait, and portrait border. Uh, the load progress bar just like they've always had and this, each player is selected hero for that game there's nothing in here about chat being active during that and so i hope that'll be a future change as well um if that's even possible but uh, yeah. at least these are you know small improvements yeah this is especially for quick
3: match um but even in hero league it's sometimes helpful to or not sometimes it's always helpful to be able to see the enemy team's comp when you're trying to uh, hash out what kind of strategy um, i know when we're in comms it's like wait what does the other team have uh you know someone went to the bathroom they didn't they missed part of the draft this this is a no-brainer yeah it's great great improvement uh,
1: otherwise for replays there's now a watch with others and you can bring up to 12 people all together and to watch replays together which is pretty sweet yeah
3: this is cool this is definitely for teams. This is a, a really a really nice addition.
1: Um otherwise some really nice AI improvements as well. AI controlled heroes uh in general or players who disconnect and become an AI hero temporarily while they're disconnected will now uh select talents from a group of preset talent builds. Um and basically the point is that it used to be a random choice when you were if you so you might disconnect from a a game and come back in and find that your AI version of your hero had selected some weird talent that did not go with what you were doing and suddenly you have this funky talent that's no good for you and does nothing for the team. And hopefully that'll happen less now uh, and it's a little bit more smart as far as what it'll be choosing. Yeah, that's a nice uh, quality of life improvement. Absolutely. Especially now on Dragonshire and Sky Temple, um, they've changed how the AI behaves so that they travel long distances more effectively, and that they, they stop what they're doing to travel to take part in objectives uh, from anywhere on the battleground. Also, if they were the first one to get there, they won't charge in, they'll wait for others to get there as, as you're supposed to. Um, so, quick tip for anybody who's uh, maybe newer to the game for heroes, don't charge into an objective on your own. They've just programmed the AI to not do that. So that's a, a hint and a half for your ass to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but both of those uh, those two notes,
3: if you read them, uh, you take the AI part out. It's kind of funny because you, how many people you see humans do that exact yeah. behavior? <laughs> will will travel to take part in objectives from anywhere on the battlefield. <laughs>
1: oh, you, you
3: think is that what this game's about? <laughs> oh shit!
1: <laughs> You're kind of supposed to do that. Yeah. Okay, and then in tri-mode, they move the allied hollow of Storms uh, closer to the gate. They change the size of the battleground as a whole in tri-mode. There's a new playable uh, area below the lane, so there's now Siege and Bruiser Mercs. There's a target dummy, and the target dummy will even show you things uh, like damage per second and damage dealt. Those sorts of things.
3: This is cool. This is going to lead to some optimization of builds, being able to actually track stats if you're thinking about, you know, jungling, you can see how quickly you can take camps at different levels. What's the earliest level you can take a camp? I like it. It's, it, it seems like a lot of these things are, are just bringing the game more to where it should be, making it more professional, more um, polished.
1: Yep, they're clearly listening. Okay, some specific map changes. Battlefield of Eternity, the Immortal's basic attack damage has been increased after 11 minutes has passed. Um, we're going to skip over a lot of the numbers in, the, in these uh, notes because they are just so many. We're going to put a link in the show notes to all of the, the patch notes so you can look for yourself to see the, uh, the details on a lot of these things. Um, but suffice it to say, the damage has been increased after 11 minutes uh, and after 16 minutes just to make sure that Endgame moves along and people don't stay in Battlefield of Eternity for an eternity. Yeah, this is the same problem they were having on,
3: uh, on Tomb of the Spider Queen. So they increased the, the spider strength after 15 minutes, and it looks like Battlefield Eternity was going on for too long also, because they felt the need to double buff the Immortals.
1: Yeah. Uh, And for Garden of Terror, uh, the Garden of Terror's overgrowth now disables the enemy's core, and its health now increases the longer the game progresses. That's a big change.
3: Yeah, same thing. The Garden Garden of Terror map can go on forever when you you have two evenly matched teams, and uh, it actually took me a while to realize that the overgrowth didn't disable the core because i i just thought it did for the first maybe month or two i was playing the game until finally one day i looked and i was like oh core still fires when it's overgrowth to me that seemed counterintuitive so not only is this a a good balance change i think it also just makes more sense now
1: and for infernal shrines the punisher's starting and scaling health has been decreased by 10 percent uh, so it's a little a little less strong initially, which is really good. It now leaps to the nearest enemy hero within range rather than selecting one at random, which is excellent.
3: Yeah, we you, you can actually control which hero it jumps to now. You know, you're going to put your Johanna or your Leoric far forward. And as long as your Jaina isn't out of position, uh, it should, should jump
1: to the, the tank. Yes, thankfully. I mean, if it's going to destroy somebody at least... At least have a little control on that. Still a little defenders, the amount uh, required to summon a Punisher has been increased from 30 to 40. And they will no longer take increased damage from abilities and talents that deal bonus damage to minions. And the range at which the skeletal defenders will detect and attack players has been decreased by 25%. And,
3: and I didn't see this in the notes, because this I guess this is more of a... Oh, maybe this is under the bug fixes, so I think it is, about the the minions weren't scaling, or not the minions, the skeletal defenders weren't scaling right, with the yeah. game. They were remaining at level 1 strength, which is why it was so easy to kill them. And all these changes are basically the opposite of the other changes that this map snowballed way too hard um it's way too easy to get a lead and build it so they're basically scaling everything back making it harder to get the defenders making the fight the fight over the shrines is going to be be a lot more prolonged now rather than just
1: like oh you got there first you cleared it you win the game right uh and then in the sky temple they just made it so that there are no more three temple events three temples will not come up together anymore (laughs) which we won with last night yep
3: (laughs) but that's it's fair. the developer said that it's if you're behind it's impossible it's literally impossible to stop that when that happens so um that's
1: that's fair i guess and then uh moving on to some hero changes we'll just try and touch on some of these kind of briefly here but um for butcher we've got the uh savage charge talent bonus damage change from 15 percent of the target's current health to 10% of the target's maximum health. So that's that's kind of a big change. 15% of current health is a giant chunk, whereas 10% of maximum health is a set amount. That's yeah, something.
3: it didn't really make sense because 15%, you know, basically it makes it so that if they're near death and you traded for that and you charged them, 15% of 100 is only 15, so you're not going to kill them. But the way it is now... If they're at 100 health and you charge them for 10% of their max, which is probably you know whatever 200 or 300, you're guaranteed the kill. So it just makes sense now.
1: And then Lamb to the Slaughter, um, they added new art to better indicate which players are affected by it, which is which is great, I, I think. I mean, obviously there was a circle to begin with, but I I would never notice until I was, you know, if I if I made it out in time until you know I was getting that stupid getting pulled back in. Animation, which just really sucks. I honestly
3: think I've only seen Lambda the Slaughter in like the develop in the reveal video. I've not, I've never seen anyone take that. It's always Furnace Blast.
1: Oh yeah, well they they do a bunch of it in uh quick match. Oh, for... <laughs> you see butchers in quick match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Zeratul, some nurse. Basically, he was they they said he was too strong, and so they reduced his basic attack levels. They reduced his blink reactivation time with the Wormhole talent, so now you only have two seconds. For those unfamiliar, Wormhole changed your blink from blinking from one location to another to blinking into a location and then having, uh, it used to be three seconds, now two seconds to reactivate that and return to your original place. They've also uh, reduced the cast range of Void Prison by 50%, meaning that you have to be a lot closer now.
3: Yeah, and... These do hit Zeratul hard, um, but there kind of is a reason that he's first ban, first pick in pretty much uh, most competitive games. And yeah. I, I I like that they were able to nerf. I feel like they came up with a creative way to nerf these abilities without... Basically, they've increased the skill cap on them. They're still viable, but it's a lot harder... Um, to use, and the margin for error is smaller.
1: Yeah, and that's great, because, I mean, y- you only had to hit, you know, a full combo, and you could all but kill somebody who had anything less than full health, who was any, any of the squishier heroes, which was just, just a little annoying. To be fair, that's still going to happen. This damage Absolutely. reduction
3: is insignificant, in my opinion. Minus one per level is, like, it's not going to make a difference. It's really the, the the Blink and Void Prison nerfs that are,
1: is what they were targeting here. You're still going to get blown up by Zeratul, I'm sorry. Well, that's still that's still the point, though, right? I mean, you can't take that away from him, or, or you've you've basically castrated yeah. the character.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the Void Prison is is basically, I mean, if you listen to the pros talk, they consider it the strongest um, ultimate in the game. And I, I don't know, I, I like that they changed it without just
1: straight up, you know, uh, you know, going stitches on him or something like that. And speaking of him, we'll get to him in a moment. Hella changes on stitches as well. For Nazebo, the Corpse Spider's uh, attack damage has been decreased, and the leaping spider's damage bonus has been decreased from twenty five percent to ten percent or to fifteen percent. And Ravenous Spirit's vision radius has been increased by approximately sixty six percent. That's a strange percentage number to me, but apparently it gives quite a bit of vision now. I mean I, yeah, I don't I don't
3: know. I guess they felt <laughs> Ravenous Spirit wasn't giving enough vision. I, I hadn't heard that as a Has a problem, but the spiders that's nice. Um the spiders are really annoying. You can't target them. They uh stop you from hearthing, they stop you from mounting, they stop you from channeling, from capping.
1: And they hit pretty damn hard.
3: Yeah, and they hit really hard. So anything I I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe the frogs come out more, but the frogs at least you can dodge. Um you you can't do anything about the spiders.
1: Right for Tassadar, the plasma shield amount decreased. Basically, they just they just kind of decreased it. It's from two hundred to one hundred and fifty, and decreased the level plus forty per level to thir- plus thirty per level.
3: Yeah, and so the reason that they did that is because the the shield amount is now increased by fifty percent when it's cast on other allied heroes. So even though the base ability is is a quote unquote nerf, they had to do that because it's actually they're actually buffing it
1: yeah which is great i mean the the developer note on this one is that they wanted to make him a little more viable as a solo support um and this was one of the ways they're trying to go about doing that so we'll have to see i mean this is a big change for i mean
3: at level one he's putting a shield on for 225 which is pretty
1: significant yeah i mean especially since that's almost half of the health of a lot of heroes at that level yeah, exactly. I mean, of Jaina, that's basically a third ish, a, quor- a quarter ish of her health. Oh, right on, yeah. Uh, they also reduce the mana cost on that and the cooldown, uh, so they want you using it a hell of a lot more often. Um, so, the buffs to the shield all around. For Leeching Plasma, the Leeching Plasma talent, uh, the basic attack damage returned as health increased from 20 to 30%. Uh, for evasive shielding talent, the movement speed bonus duration increased from four to five seconds, and Archon's damage bonus was decreased from one hundred percent to sixty percent. So obviously, Archon was hitting a little harder than they intended.
3: Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Um, Cause a lot, I mean, the way Tassadar is currently being used is as a utility, basically as a utility specialist. With his, once he gets Archon, his damage numbers becoming borderline assassin-like, and so. By buffing his shield and decreasing his um, damage, there. Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested to see how this shielding um, is going to work because it seems
1: really strong. That's a lot of shielding. Yeah, especially um because it, it it's not an active heal, right? It's a shield. But if if you're doing something like the leeching plasma talent, does that? I'm not familiar with that talent. Are you? Do you know if that applies to the person yeah, yeah. being shielded? Yeah, exactly.
3: So, whoever has the shield on them um, gets it's, it's similar to like um, how Sonya, he can take the war paint talent. So, when she attacks with her basic ability, or like Vampiric Assault, when you, you attack with your basic attack, you get a percentage of that returned as healing. And so, it in increasing to 30%. So, you know, if you're hitting for, you know, 100 every second, you're getting back on
1: top of the shield on you, you're getting back 30 health every second. This will help a lot for players who are savvy enough to realize what they should be doing while they have the shield on, and also for teams who can coordinate it better. When you've got someone diving in for an engage, and you shield them up, I mean, even if they're not at full health, they can heal themselves back up a little bit, you know, during yeah. the shield duration. Putting, putting that onto uh, a Kerrigan or a
3: Illidan is really strong, because That's they're already fun. innately healing off of their attacks, and so then you're giving them more shielding. And more healing.
1: Okay, so moving on to Tyrande, uh, her Searing Arrows basic attack damage bonus increased from 40 to 50%. She's gonna do some more damage. Um, Her Shadowstock no longer reveals enemies but instead allied heroes are now healed over eight seconds and then receive a large burst of healing when Shadowstock expires. That's a big change.
3: Yeah, she has a healing ultimate now which is really exciting because I believe that it is also going to maintain um, cloaking your entire team.
1: Yes, which is just damn awesome because, I mean, otherwise you're all going into the cloak. But if you're not healed up, then it may not matter as much when you come back out because you know, again, depending on coordination. I mean, if you're if you're in comms with a five man team, that's different, and you wouldn't do that if people weren't healed up to begin with. But you know, this kind of it kind of makes it a little bit more viable for solo or duo healing, um, so solo or duo queuing for Hero League and things like that as well. So you can really make this viable.
3: Mm -hmm. Why
1: don't you tell us about the changes to Hunter's Prey.
3: Um, Hunter's Prey has been renamed to Hunter's Swiftness. Um, Allied heroes no longer gain a basic attack damage bonus and instead receive a 40% movement bonus for 8 seconds. I don't know about that. I I, I mean, that's good. That's good movement. I don't know... I don't actually even know what ability Hunter's Prey is on. I'm, I haven't played Toronto for a while, so
1: I. Nor do I, but I hope that's not removing the um the mark. Her that's her trait. Great. <clears throat>
3: um, oh, I know it. Okay, I remember now. Okay, sorry. So it is that Hunter's Prey is off of her trait, um, which is her D, which um, does a twenty-five uh, percent um, damage increase against the target, and so. What so you're saying I, Toronto has a big D? She, her D is huge. Um, pot, one of the best Ds <laughs> in the game. <laughs> um, but so when you trade it into Hunter's Prey, uh, I believe it also gave a basic attack damage bonus against
1: that target. But you know what? Yes, now it's movement speed as well. And so the, if, you, if you talented into it, it would be additional attack damage, but obviously they felt like that was too much. So they changed it to movement speed instead.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. Okay, so big,
1: big changes to Chen.
3: Yeah, uh, I think we're. I, I this look just looking at this, not having played him. I think this makes him viable. So
1: real briefly, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run down through some of these points because there's quite quite a bit. But basically, it's,
3: it's basically take every one of his abilities and talents and make it
1: better. That's true. <laughs> that's a nice, easy way to say it. They moved around a lot of talents, so they kind of, they're kind of more viable. So you can get to them sooner. Uh, it used to be that Chen's gameplay was fun, but extremely not Unimpact extremely weak fun. early game. Yeah, that's how I would say it. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was just really weak early game. Um, but then late game became almost godlike if you could maintain your drinking. Because, once again, Blizzard is full of a bunch of lushes, and I love it. <laughs> But basically, um, okay, kind of without running through all of these, definitely take a, l- a look at the link in the show notes for, for all the details here, but you get you get more shielding while you're drinking, you take less damage while you're drinking, brew regenerates faster. Flying Kick is faster, bunch of decreases in mana
3: cost, damage increases on abilities and talents. Right. Um, removed the brew cost on his ultimates and decreased their cooldowns. Yep.
1: All around buffs like crazy to Chen uh, to try and make him more viable. And I mean, it remains to be seen what a big what big a difference this will make. But honestly, he's one of my favorite warriors, um, even as weak as he's been. Um, and one of the worst games I ever had was against a stun comp that kept me from drinking a full set of brew almost the entire game, and it was really really frustrating.
3: Yeah, and unfortunately, that still is the counter the chin. Um, if the enemy team has stuns, you're going to have a bad time because they're just going to keep stunning you out of the brew. All
1: right, um, And then Diablo, let's actually start with the developer comment. The buffs to Shadow Charge should help reinforce Diablo as the premier gank warrior. The rest of his kit gets a little bit of love to help his overall play. Uh, so basically, you've got some stun increase, stun duration increases, you've got some uh, movement impairing effects added, you've got some damage increases all around. They really buffed the hell out of him uh, to try and make him do a little bit more damage and be much more gankable, or gank-worthy. And that really was his
3: role um, before they nerfed him. He was, the Diablo-Taranda combo was terrifying. If you got grabbed by Diablo, uh, you were basically dead previously, so... I mean, it's, it's good to have more heroes come back. I have to say, I haven't missed playing against Diablo because he is really frustrating to play against when the person's good, but...
1: Yeah, I guess I'm,
3: I'm, I'll have it, but I mean, as as the, you know, kind of primary warrior player, uh, I'll have a reason to play Diablo
1: again, so... And I love the game. I love ganking, so... <laughs> you sure do, you love those Roman comps. Oh, they're so fun, definitely. So for Johanna, um, her Knight Takes Pawn got nerfed to hell. Well, not nerfed to hell. It just it decreased the damage against um, mercs and minions from 400% to 300%, uh, which is still significant. It's not, it's actually, not actually nerfed into the ground, but it's not quite as effective as it was. 100% is a lot
3: <laughs> in the quite. game. Uh, the stuns decreased. They decreased her Blessed Shield stun as well. And uh, I mean, they did say they were going to look at Wave Clear, and they are making these changes. I'll be interested to see how it feels in game because it definitely got to a certain point with Johanna where you were one-shotting waves and I think that probably moves that to maybe like you're not going to be doing that maybe until like level 16 or level 18 whereas I think before probably around like level
1: 12 or 13 you were pretty much able to one-shot the waves with Knight Takes Pawn. And that's good because you should be in line with right around how everybody else could be doing that around that time in the game. does put her in line with, with the other heroes. Liork nerfs. The, I mean, the
3: big one is just the skeletal swing. They basically decreased the skeletal swing damage by fifteen percent, um, which is interesting because <laughs> Dohana got her her damage nerfed by a hundred percent on uh, against uh, against minions, and Liork only got his nerfed by fifteen percent. So, Yep, I guess <laughs> we'll see if it's enough. Yeah, I am. I am. I am a little skeptical, but. Um, I think it's more, rather than the base damage, I think, because right now he has a 100% bonus against um, minions and mercs, you know, this is only a 15%, I guess it's less than that, I'm not going to do the math, but I, what I would have thought is maybe moving that more to like 75% bonus, or like changing the percentage bonus instead of changing the base damage, but I'm not a developer, so...
1: Right, we'll, have to, we'll just have to see we'll these find things out. in practice. For Meriden, his Haymaker has been uh, improved in that it feel, it should feel more responsive to cast. I couldn't tell you what this is going to possibly mean because I've never used that. Yeah, so this reads as, Haymaker has received improvements which should help it feel more responsive to never pick. <laughs> <laughs> Rexar. okay, so big changes to Misha uh, with a new ability called Fixate. And basically... It's going to help you kind of micro her just a little bit, as far as her movements.
3: It, it puts her in line with um, the AI of Water Elemental and um, Ultralisk. Basically, you can click to move her on the ground, and she can stay there. She'll hide in bushes now. You can have her attack a target, and then you can attack a separate target, and you don't have to do that A-move workaround. And also, I believe that this is fixing... Um, there was an exploit using the A move that you could soak two lanes.
1: You could oh, wow. stick
3: her in a lane and then basically if you A moved away I believe she wouldn't leash off of it but I'm assuming that that is going to be fixed here. And the in line with the Johanna and Leoric nerf, they, um even though he's brand new, they decided his wave clear was already too strong and he also got a hundred percent damage reduction to non-heroic targets.
1: Gotcha. It looks like they also um, increased her leash length and made it so that she'll hide when Rexar is hidden in a bush. That's good.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was. I was hearing people complain about that and she yeah. was kind of screwing up the ambush.
1: I mean, to be fair, lore wise, it's a
3: bear. She's a giant bear. Like she kind of should give you away, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: lore wise, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there's just, there's such like uh, really generalized, really loose basics as far as lore in this game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Try not to think about it too hard, I think it's what Uther said. (laughs) That's right, during the tutorial. So Stitches, huge changes to Stitches. They they pulled out block, they pulled out regen master, they pulled out imposing presence, they buffed his health, they added stone skin earlier, they added a dampened magic talent at level 1 to reduce damage taken from uh, enemy abilities. Yeah, it's basically
3: block for um, abilities instead of basic attacks.
1: Um, and basically they added they tried to buff his hook they tried to buff his slam a little bit they tried to they tried to buff him in ways there's a, there's a, a, quite a lot of changes here so basically what they tried to do was make him more viable give him more staying power help him be able to stay in the fight longer and just be more useful as a tank the the kind of the dev note um kind of in
3: uh, along the same lines of how they they said they wanted um Diablo to be kind of like the premier gank master, they want Stitches to be the anti-mage so they've given him this anti-ability talent and then also are giving him, because of the nature of his devour, which gives you a percentage of your maximum health back as healing they've given him, instead of giving him more regeneration they've given him talents that um, increase uh, your maximum health, so more health greater percentage healing. So I like that they're trying to make the heroes more unique from each other instead of having a bunch of generic talents and then it's basically like, well, Johanna and Leoric are the best because they just have the best kits. They just do the things we need them to do the best. I
1: like the special specialization it seems like they're moving towards. Most excellent. Yeah. I'm excited to see how some of these changes are going to roll out. These these big amounts of changes that they do Uh, because we're kind of at the end of of the notes here we're we're basically um we we ran through some highlights there's more to see you definitely see the link in the show notes um but for the most part um there's a this is a big balance patch so there's there's quite a bit going on uh tons of changes um this is this is one of those exciting times in the game where a lot of things change and you kind of have to see how these things are going to start playing out both in your own matches and and at the um competitive level um And
3: speaking of the competitive level, I can almost guarantee you that this is going to be the last balance patch um, until after the World Championships at BlizzCon, because... (laughs) Yeah, good call. They're not going to screw the players over by a week before, you know, rolling out some more changes. So this is probably what you're going to have to live with for the next, you know, month, month and a half. So get used to it.
1: Yes, definitely. (laughs) Get good at it. Our I want to thank you again for joining us for the Heroes of the Storm segment um, and Thist... I
0: would like to thank you for picking up the slack
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure poor Thist just doesn't play this game very much and just doesn't have much for perspective on these things and that's fine um, we'll probably even, maybe even add a, a bit of a bumper at the beginning here that, to say that this segment's a little long and feel free to skip ahead if you don't play this game
2: because <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's, heavy
1: on the notes here
3: it, it is, it's, I realized the other day I think I texted you in all caps new patch notes you and that—that's when you know you're a—you're a big nerd for a game. When you, you you get all hard about balance changes, you're like, "Oh my god, they nerfed Leoric!" And you know, Reddit explodes and stuff. And uh, yeah, that's how—that's how you know you're into a game is patch uh, notes get you excited.
1: <laughs> yeah, you get pissed off about your your hero's nerfs and pissed off about other heroes that you hate getting buffs and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times, man. Thanks again, our kids, especially coming off of uh, being sick and doing this last minute. You are a gentleman and a scholar, and you have a big swinging dick.
3: <laughs> well, two out of three ain't bad.
0: <laughs> I think it's time for some motherfucking shout outs. Shout outs, yay, yay. In shout outs, uh, our first shout out this week is to our fantastic friend, Roe, of the Realm Maintenance Podcast who was kind enough to interview us for his latest show, which should be out sometime this week. Yay! Thanks, bro. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we had so much fun talking with you, Rowan, and you've been a big supporter of ours for so long now, and we really appreciate all you do. Not just for us, but the entire Blizzard podcasting community. Absolutely. You're truly a podcaster's best friend. It's true. Yeah, like the Realm Maintenance podcast is like the Blizzard podcaster's podcast. Right. It's the mecca of everything that we all do. Yeah. And Ro is such a nice guy, and he's so inclusive and supportive, and he's really nice to talk to.
1: Yeah, and he even um, let us swear a whole bunch on his podcast. Yeah, he said week, we could. So. Yeah. What a guy.
0: I think he actually swore more than we did. We actually
1: did. We were on our, our best behavior. Yeah,
0: and he was on his worst behavior. <laughs> <laughs> dirty Ro. Dirty yeah, bird so Dirty bird Ro. <laughs> Check out, check out the Realm Maintenance podcast and not just for our episode but all the episodes before that. He does right. amazing interviews with podcasters. He does amazing updates in the podcasting community and uh, in the Blizzard community. So right. if you like Blizzard stuff, you will like this podcast.
1: Definitely check him out. Do it. Big shout out to Archives for guest hosting our Heroes of the Storm segment. Um, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, dude. I mean, we asked... Archives uh, is a... Is a good friend. We're in touch, like, daily. Um, it's his BFF. Because he's, he's the analyst for my team. We're really good close friends. And, um... um maybe Butt Buddies. Something along maybe. those lines. Okay, well...
0: You're going to make Butt Babies.
1: <laughs> thanks, kids. I appreciate you taking the yeah, time. Yeah, thanks, man.
0: bud. Um, a shout-out to... <clears throat> Frockpog. F-O-Q-B-U-P-O-G. a Yes. Yes. Um, He commented on our PvP server topic from this past week, and he said, I'm on a PvP server because in Vanilla I read that normal was easy mode, and now I'm too deep in the game to go back. Um, And he also says he didn't know any better at the time, so he picked PvP, and he likes his guild too much to transfer. That's a good reason. Yeah, that's pretty much the same reason that you had. Yep. Yeah, and getting on a server and finding friends in a guild that you love, that's going to keep you there for years. So
1: kept us there.
0: It did. It did. So thank you for answering that question. We really appreciate that. Yeah, because appreciate that's it. that's why we post these questions. We want to hear what you guys have to say about things. We don't care what we have to say. <laughs> I don't care what you say. We hear each
1: other talk all the time.
0: Way too much. So thank you, man. Um Oh, and we just wanted to mention an excellent exchange between our buddies Ro and at Spanky Hunter. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is in reference to our last podcast episode 18 uh, but Ro says there is a part of me that really really hopes watcher dev listens to the last minute of episode 18 of lagging balls can not stop laughing um, <laughs> and, uh, spanky hunter says it's quickly becoming one of my favorites leaves me laughing every episode so thank you both guys see what we said about Ro being completely supportive yeah, and see? so nice and spanky hunter that was really sweet of you to say so thank you so much Indeed. for saying that um, and also, I totally agree. If Ian Hasekostas wants to listen, especially to the last minute of our last podcast, <laughs> um, he would find out exactly how I feel about him. So that would be awesome and not awkward at all.
1: Indeed. Not awkward not for anyone awkward. at all.
0: Only beautiful.
1: Another shout-out goes to Roxy Cutie and Loli- uh And Lollit... Lolic- if- La wilco one for creating the Warcraft positivity hashtag this past summer. Uh, we are late to the game. We just got into this this past week and so we're all about it. Totally. But it gives everyone on Twitter the incentive to talk about what they love in Warcraft and from the past few weeks and what we've been trying to do with some of um, highlighting some of, the, um, devs, or, uh, some of the customer service devs, or some of the customer service Blizzard employees on Twitter and some of the devs who's mm-hmm. throwing a lot of love their way didn't realize this this hashtag was going, or we would have included it to begin yeah, with, because absolutely. it's absolutely in that vein, but we really admire the positivity crusade that these two staple members of the wild community embody, so encourage everyone to follow QT and, and
0: at L-A-W-I-L-C-0-1.
1: And take advantage of the Warcraft positivity hashtag. Do it up! And you'll be seeing that hashtag on uh, from us a lot more. Yes. Uh, as well, so... Thank you, ladies, both. Yeah, um, good both job, guys. For the great artwork you do, for the positivity you share in the community, uh, and how involved you are. It's really <laughs> cool.
0: Listener feedback time! Because the more you write, the less we have to. Thanks!
1: Got Snuffiffy wrote in.
0: Snuffiffy.
1: Got Snuffiffy. Got Snuffiffy. He wrote in an awesome email for us. <clears throat> Let me start off by saying, fuck yeah. Love hearing a podcast that acts like adults. Tired of other pussy podcasts that act like children. <laughs> listen to podcasts. Let's be honest; mostly only adults listen to podcasts. Mm. Also, hearing a girl say boner and pussy, boner is and
0: pussy,
1: a- is awesome. Every female gamer acts like a sensitive bitch because someone makes sexual references. It crosses everyone's minds. Let's not act like it's something demonic. Well, just wanted to show some love. Keep up the great work. Love the straight up, love the straight upness of the podcast. It's very opiness. Oh, penis. ness
0: um, with having read that, uh, we we don't think that every girl is a bitch for acting sensitive about things.
1: Right. Um, but we do appreciate the love.
0: We do appreciate the love. And uh, we appreciate... Um, I think everybody can appreciate um, when somebody gives you positive feedback on something that's just naturally what you do and who yeah. you are. Um, and we try to... I'm sorry to use this phrase, but keep it real here on Lagging Balls.
1: Keeping it real.
0: We're keeping it real. And uh, God Snuff and Fee, we really appreciate the email. We got it uh, earlier this week, and it really it made my day. So Totally. So, thank you so much. Yeah, that was really sweet of you.
1: Thanks for listening. Uh, St. Elsewhere also gifted <gasps> us with another audio submission. Awesome! This one entitled, Knuckle Rot is Big. <laughs> Roll a clip.
0: Roll the clip. Come on, roll the clip. Roll it. Okay,
2: thanks. This week, for the umpteenth time, I ran a new blood elf through Ghostlands. And that's where you have that quest that most of the time you're there is in the red. It's for going to kill Knuckle Rot and Luzeran. I believe those are how you pronounce the names. And you get a ring. It's the first ring that you get via questing... Uh, Definitely in the Blood Elf line. And in order to do that at level with other characters at level, you have to put together a little party and go do it. Now, do you think it would be a good idea if Blizzard were to put together quests like that and maybe give a really nice quest incentive? You know, you get done with this, you kill these big bads, and you get something extra special. Or do you think people would just skip that shit? I think I'd do it. What about you? All right.
1: So basically, uh, Saint Elsewhere thought it, you know thought it was a good idea for Blizzard to put together the group quest at the low level mm-hmm. for Knuckle Rotten Luzeren uh, in Ghostlands, and he wanted to know: is our uh, quests requiring a group rewarding worthwhile pieces of gear for Lobies that are leveling up? Is that a good idea? And we. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wonder if people are really going to do it as much. I mean, I think that might be the, the the trade-off is, do we go this extra mile and put in these extra quests? And, and to a certain extent, I think some of these quests already exist. Yeah. Like, for example, the the um, amphitheater of anguish.
0: Yeah. But and, they're not common, though. No, they're not. There's not a lot of them. And I, I think, think that it's a good idea because um, if you're just starting out, like, just let's just say this is like a fresh noob, like a new, new, yeah. new person... And you have to group up for this quest. You're going to meet people, right? And that's important when you're just starting out, because sometimes you might need help.
1: That's true. And it, you can, you can kind of blow through a lot of things as a lobby. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're not getting very big jumps in gear exactly. very often. Um, so it's always nice to get like one extra special piece of gear for doing something specific.
0: Absolutely, and that's that's something that you will learn as you get up and level and do dungeons and raids and stuff like that, so why not introduce little baby lobbies to something like that? Like, finding your own group and working together as a team sooner.
1: Absolutely. And honestly, that actually goes along with the whole shift in Legion to more community.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, like we've talked about in the past how uh, Draenor was, like, very focused on the individual. Yeah. Um, so blowing through as a lobby is kind of a, that makes perfect sense. But then maybe for Legion, when they're trying to open things up more class wide and more community wide, um, maybe it makes more sense for them to implement things that are going to bring people together.
0: I agree. Yeah.
1: Nice yeah. one, Sainz. What? Yeah.
0: That's a really good question. Yeah, I love that. I never would have thought of that myself. Gonna take credit for it.
1: <laughs> I'm not. Just did. <laughs> hey, gang, we need your help. We're tagging this shitbox as a community focused podcast, but so far it's just been us talking shit. We need you to give us stuff
0: delicious content like questions, topics to cover, content segments, guild stories, emails, and disputes that need settling.
1: We'll even get some shoutouts and accept your own podcast commercials for promotion. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Please. The real fast is upon us, boys and girls and boys, so get on that ram and don't ram into things as you ride that ram.
0: What the fuck are you even talking about?
1: It's it's Brewfest. <laughs> I've been ramming around all day.
0: And drinking? And drinking. Wow, well, so have I. Mm. And I'm here to tell you mm. that Brewfest is upon us once again. Wait. And there's loads of enjoyous activities mm. for us to partake in. Like, for instance, also the ram rides. Mm. And also... Mm. Drinking.
1: Mm, some beers.
0: Some beers and brew. Mm, brew. And ale. Mm, and ale. What is the difference between ale and brew? Well,
1: uh, one is one is alcohol, alcohol. Ale alcohol and one is brews. Wow. Exactly. Wow is awesome. Did you did you see any pink elk?
0: No, but I caught a wool singer in my pants. (laughs) That's
1: insanely fucking hot. Brewfest, everyone! Get your achievements today and grab the ram by the horns. Hey. Hey. Hmm. Hey. Hmm. Hey. Cheers. And,
0: And to you, dude, bro. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, shit.
2: Happy Brewfest!
1: Hey Thist, what are you doing?
0: Oh, hey Thorn. I am just updating my DBM before I log on to the World of Warcraft.
1: Gee, that looks easy.
0: Yeah, and I'm already done.
1: That's crazy! DBM is so helpful and free. What can I do to support this awesome thing?
0: Well, you can visit the DBM forums on elitistjerks.com or even donate a little cash money. Either way, just keeping your DBM updated helps a bunch. Wow,
1: I can do those things. We
0: all can. And be sure to follow DBM dev Mystical OS on Twitter, at Mystical OS.
1: Thanks for lagging balls together with us today. Here's where you can find and follow the show. Email us at laggingballs at gmail.com.
0: Follow us on Twitter at laggingballs.
1: Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash laggingballs.
0: Reblog our Tumblr at laggingballs.tumblr.com.
1: And for YouTube and Google Plus, Search for Lagging Balls Official until we have 500 followers and then we'll get a custom URL.
0: If you enjoyed the show, the easiest way to help the show is to rate us on iTunes and Stitcher.
1: We truly appreciate it. Special thanks to Pensound.com for all the music used on this show.
0: And be sure to catch us next week on Lagging Lagging Balls. Balls. As for wow news, what the fuck was that? I don't know. What'd you do? I didn't do anything. (laughs) Um, wow news right.